Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions. This is A Metz. Along with B Pimp. Thank you for joining us. It is, of course, the start of the NBA season, B Pimp, which means that we have to make our NBA picks, talk about the top storylines, and go over all things NBA. However, that's not to say that if you aren't interested in the NBA, that this isn't the podcast for you. We think it still is. You just might not know what we're talking about. I'll be sure to throw in some little pearls of wisdom that are not NBA related during right. the course of that. Yeah, we need to relate the NBA back to the people. I think you'll have like the right, I don't know, similes, analogies, something like that. Yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. All right, off the top of your dome, if you had to pick who the NBA champion was going to be for this year, who would it be? It's going to be the Houston Rockets. Holy crap. You know what? Did Am I wrong, but when we did the NBA podcast with Brad at the top of the playoffs, did you not also say the Houston Rockets were going to make <laughs> the finals? I may have. Okay, you're a big Rockets fan. I like what the Rockets are doing. Um, and I think they have a better chance than most. I like Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. And adding Chris Paul for them is going to be huge because now they have Harden can play the point. Paul runs the point. They have, I think that, I think just the two of them will be a huge benefit. Yeah. But we can, this may or may not come up later, but you know, that's, I'm, I'm going with them. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I think it might not be controversial, but I think it'd be foolish to not pick the Golden State Warriors as my champions this year. They I have... agree with you. I, I am foolish. Here's what I am wondering, though, is will I go to any Warriors games this year? And I think the answer might be no. No way. Yeah, it's more expensive than if I wanted to just go to a Raiders game. And the Raiders only play in Oakland eight times a year. The Warriors are here 40 times, and there's no way I could go to a game. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I'm wondering, let me know what you think about this. The good old town of Sacramento is just about an hour and a half away. They also have a new arena, which I've heard good things about. I'm starting to wonder if I should think about going to some Kings games. I fully support that. I, they're the new players they've added with like De'Aaron Fox and... Um, Justin Jackson from North Carolina and mm-hmm. Harry Giles long-term. They're going to be interesting. They're going to be really interesting. I think they'll still be bad, but I think they could be really interesting. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's, it's weird that they added, like, Vince Carter and um, who yeah, else? What's they got, like, up? three. Who else did they add that was old? Wait, did they sure. add Zach Randolph? Who am I thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what and, they're doing. And George Hill. That's the other oh, yeah, George Hill. George Hill was, I thought, pretty good last year, though, for Utah, at least for a while. No, he is good. Yeah, that, that'll that be an interesting team. Do we have to pick who our other finals team is? Uh, Yeah, I guess we both picked Western Conference. So who's coming out of the East? I'm going to go with Boston. Oh, no way. Cleveland. Nope. Okay, well, I mean, this, I think, will come up later, this whole conversation, probably. Because what we are talking about for our top five 
is our top five NBA storylines for the season. So I know there's going to be probably some Boston and Cleveland in there. I'm pretty sure there is on my list. So we're going to count them down as the season has started. And actually, by the time this is released, the season has already started. Because the season is starting early this year, because they tacked on two weeks to the beginning of the season. I think primarily, am I right about this? Because they wanted to minimize back-to-back games? Yep. That was that was a big reason. And, and they were trying to avoid teams sitting their players like the Spurs always do. That's right. Because that would always be tricky because ESPN would have their Wednesday night games. TNT would have their Thursday night games. A lot of times they want to show the same teams. So TNT would get kind of screwed on Thursday night because the Warriors or the Spurs or whoever would sit a bunch of their players. Especially because they just played the day before. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how that turns out. For some reason I still feel like the Spurs are going to sit players. Yeah, they will. I mean, unless there's a direct penalty yeah. aligned with it, I think they're still going to do it. I have no problem with that. I mean, I understand, you know, kids go to the game and they want to see, maybe the family can only afford to go to one game and they want to see whoever, Kawhi Leonard. And if they're not playing, it's a bummer. Yeah, no, it really is a bummer. I understand that, but it's like, at the end of the day, every team is trying to win a championship. If they feel that they need to rest certain players to give them a better chance, they're going to do it. It's just, that's just how it goes. That's true. And 82 games is frankly just too many. But I would say, if I actually did spring for some Warriors tickets, say Maggie and I went and we paid $300, if if they sat their team, I would be pretty upset. What if they, well, it would be $300, then it's like parking, and then, you know, food, yeah. a beer. You'd probably be spending like 500 bucks. Possibly. I will say, though, we are not that far from Oracle Arena. I think it would be about a $12 lift ride. Oh, that's good. So yeah. that part, that, that makes that easier, but still. You gotta so. get like a hot pretzel, yep. or uh, I... what, nachos, something. I need a nachos, like three to four hot pretzels. I'm going to search the stadium for Dippin' Dots. They don't have them. I'll find another stadium and then come back with my Dippin' Dots. I'll sneak them in. <laughs> you just flip over some tables and just yell, Oh, yeah. Dippin' Dots! <laughs> I wonder if... I bet they still do. I found Dippin' Dots at a zoo. But apart from that, I have not been seeing them very much lately. What zoo were you at? The Oakland Zoo. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a pretty good zoo, if you like zoos, I guess. Um, but I, I'm starting to think it's not the future of ice cream anymore. I don't know, it's, yeah, I remember when it first came out, I was at a water park, and they had it, and I got it, and as a chubby little boy, I was so happy. I was like, how did they do this? What is this technology? <laughs> no, exactly. But I'm, fe- like... Now, now when I have them, I feel like I just let them sit in my mouth and wait for them to taste like normal ice cream, which makes yeah. me think I would just prefer normal ice cream. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's, I think they're a weird dichotomy now that they're claiming to be the future of ice cream, but it's really like, meh, maybe the past of ice cream. I, I think they're very much the past of ice cream. Which... The future is those Ben and, Jer- ben and Jerry's uh, key, uh, ice cream sandwich things they're making. Oh, I don't even think I've had one of those. Did I well, not know I, Ben and Jerry's made ice cream sandwiches? The, well, they they made them like um, 
I forget what they call them. They're like whatever flavor you want. They they sell certain flavors in these like like squares now. I don't know if it's like oh. traditional ice cream sandwich style or if it's just like covered in chocolate. It might be that one. It okay. might be like a Klondike bar more. So oh, I see what you're saying. But I have to wait till they get the non dairy ones in those for me to try it. So they'd have to do like dark chocolate. Ah, uh, having some lactose issues. No, it's the vegan thing, man. Oh right, I'm a dummy. Well, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for not keeping up to up to date on my dietary habits. How is that going, by the way? You're fantastic. Good. I wasn't exactly vegan today, but I did have a turkey burger instead of a regular burger. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, no, it's great. I got an instant pot. Shout out Keith and Chris. Thank you. Yeah, um, that's awesome. It's fantastic. It made the best rice I've ever had. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. It's great. You don't realize how much, uh, well, either with an instant pot or just like a rice cooker, but boy, it's easier to cook rice and that kind of thing than just trying to make it on the stove. Uh-huh. Yeah. I screw rice up like half the time because I just, I don't do it in the instant pot. Even though I have one, I should use it. Well, I think what we're saying is if you have an instant pot, the rice is right. Yes. Cook your rice in your instant pot if you have one. If you don't. You know, steal somebody's and cook rice in theirs. Or, or yeah, just let them cook it and, like, watch outside their kitchen window. And then when they're done, just go in and, like, grab it. Oh, that's the brilliant thing to do because that way you don't even have to worry about cooking it. You yeah, just... it's, like out, it's like outsourcing. Mm-hmm. Very opportunistic. <laughs> no, that's smart. Uh, speaking of smart, I've been letting my whiskey kind of melt in my glass because I get the sense I haven't been in too much of a hurry to try it because I don't think it'll be that good. I, well, okay, I don't want to pass judgment just yet, but to let our uh, our listeners know at home, the whiskey I am trying for today's episode is Red Stag by Jim Beam, and that's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey infused with natural flavors, and that natural flavor is Black Cherry. So I've actually I, had this. I've had this before. You've had this before, okay. Yes. So, uh, a little more background information before I, I give it a go. It's 40% alcohol by volume, so it's 80 proof. And Jim Beam is out of Frankfurt, Kentucky, United States of America. So, I'm going to give this a go. I'm very interested to see what you think of this. Could it be our first whiskey that gets the boot? Let's see. I don't know. Mmm, whiskey. Yeah, whiskey's just good across the board, right? It's great. Here's the one thing I will say about this. So this is a 70, uh, 750-milliliter bottle, and it was $14.99. Value. So the value is great, but with that said, drumroll, I'm giving this whiskey the boot. Oh my god. Yep, I had to do it. I it's tasted it. It happened. When it immediately hit my lips, I actually didn't hate it. But then, one second in, I felt the black cherry. And I did not care for that taste. It's like a tinny black cherry. And that's the reason that this whiskey is getting the boot. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, the last time I had that was a number of years ago. And I think I drank with a friend of mine a whole bottle of it. Ooh. Over the course of an evening, like we split it, okay, and we were just mixing it with Pepsi or something, and it gave me such a headache. I mean, <laughs> drinking 
drinking any amount of, I mean, drinking half a bottle of whiskey is probably going to give you a headache, but I just felt like it was so, just that artificial cherry flavor, you know? It's yeah. like, it's a weird mix. I don't know. I can see, I, I, I can support this. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, I'm not that mad that I have a bottle of it, because I think if I do mix it with Coke, it probably won't be that bad. Because it, it'll probably just be, like, mixing a normal cheap whiskey with cherry Coke. So, I, I, I'm not mad that I have the rest of the bottle. But, on the rocks, and probably neat as well, although I don't know for sure, it's not good. No, it would be, it, it would be a bad idea to drink it that way. Yeah. So, if you're keeping score at home, this is our first whiskey in, oh, what are we at, seven or eight in a row using this scale? I believe so, yeah. Okay, this is our first whiskey that is getting the boot. And if you don't know the other end of that spectrum, it's if we like a whiskey, we say this whiskey's smooth. So, this whiskey is not smooth. I mean, it's not that rough in a technical sense, but uh, it's getting the boot. It may not be rough, but guess what? It just got a big old boot. It just got the biggest old boot you could find. I will see, say I uh, I found, because we're kind of getting rid of some stuff at the apartment because we just don't have that much space, and I found the biggest pair of boots. I didn't even know I had these, and I don't know <laughs> if I've ever, ever worn them. And they must, they're like 10 pounds a piece. I don't even know what I'm doing with these. I'll but, tell you what you're doing with one of them. You're going to get it bronze, and it's going to be called the Whiskey Kicking Boot. Oh, yeah. I, I think I might just do that. If I still have it, assuming I didn't give it away yet, I'm going to do that for sure. And you can smash the bottles that get the boot. Yes. Kick them right across the backyard. I'm just going to have a graveyard of bad whiskey bottles. <laughs> Your neighbors are going to be like, it's nice. <laughs> Nice couple moved in, but they've got a collection of just broken whiskey bottles in the back. I can already tell our neighbors look at us funny because we're, like, the only renters on the block. So, like, ugh, I don't know. But if we started breaking whiskey bottles in the backyard, I think they would have their suspicions confirmed that we are not good people. Either that or they would love it. Or that. That's also a possibility. Just made a bunch of new best friends. Yeah. (laughs) All right, um... Getting back to the NBA, I think we should get to our top five. We are talking the top five NBA storylines for the upcoming season. And actually, I'm pretty excited about this season. I don't know about you, B-Pimp. How do you feel? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, my feelings tend to ebb and flow with how the Bulls will be. And in recent years, the Bulls have just been a dumpster fire. So Uh um, it's a little tricky for me, but I'm still excited because there's so many other things going on. So... True. I think I'm overall I'm, I'm pumped about it. Good. All right, let's get into it then. These are our top five NBA storylines. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, my number five NBA storyline for the upcoming season. It's kind of twofold. It's will Joel Embiid play, and will he be good? And my thought with this is. Well, he's injured right now, so it's like unclear exactly how much he'll play. He has a, a huge injury history. He's been in the league for three years, and he's played like 30 games. But his ceiling is, I think, essentially the best player in the NBA. 100, 100% agree. So I'm fascinated. I'm worried for him. I don't want him to be like a Greg Oden, but that's a very real possibility. 
But when he's good, he's amazing. Yeah, he does things that I've never seen an NBA player... I've never seen any basketball player do. I saw him dunk under his legs. For how gigantic he is, that seems ridiculous to me. He's 7'3", right? Something like that. He he, he looks to be 7'2", 7'3", and probably 300 pounds, or close to it. Is he that big? Maybe not quite that big. But he doesn't seem skinny, right? Like, he... He seems, like, hulking. I'm looking. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Oh, the, the suspense. Bump, bump, bump. Oh, we were both wrong. Oh. They list him at 7 foot even and 250 pounds. I mean, oh, really baloney. They're, they measured, last time they measured him, he was 13 years old. <laughs> Alright, what's your number five? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, I'm going to put this at my number five, even though I know it's dumb. When I listed it, I put Paul Zipser as my number five. <laughs> but really, what I'm saying about with with using Paul Zipser as an example is the Bulls, they've been blown up. Yes. Um, and I'm interested in this because I don't know how John Paxson or John Paxson to a lesser extent, but Gar Foreman more so, how they still have jobs because... The Bulls are a mess. Like, they traded... This still boggles my mind. I know we talked about it. They traded Doug McDermott, who, yes, he has not lived up to his potential, but he's still a serviceable rotation player. Right. Uh, And Taj Gibson, who is a very useful uh, power forward, and a second-round draft pick to the Thunder to get Cameron Payne. Who is, like, a fifth-string point guard? Fifth straight, plus he's on the verge of possibly being released this offseason. Which would be amazing. That could be one of the worst trades that I've ever heard of. I know Taj's contract was expiring, so it's like they would either get nothing for him if he walked or whatever, but Doug McDermott was a first-round pick, what, two years ago, three years ago, and they gave up another pick? Yeah, I don't get it. No, this is like... We should keep on going, because this is my number four. My number four I put as, how god-awful will the Bulls be? And yeah. this, you're saying exactly why. Part of that goes into what, how do Gar and Pax still have jobs? I don't get it. Who are they blackmailing? And for what? They, sadly, I know why, why they have jobs. It's because Jerry Reinsdorf runs the Bulls, just like he runs the White Sox, where he is loyal to a degree that I have never seen in sports, which some people may say that's good. I say he just, it's just bad. It's just bad business because he's, it's like Kenny Williams with the White Sox. Yeah, they won a World Series when he was the GM. It was despite him. It wasn't because of him. And he lets him just keep being involved all these years, even though he clearly has no idea what he's doing. Same thing with the Bulls. Like, I think John Paxson has some merit in some capacities, but Gar Foreman seems like an absolute joke. I was listening to Joe Cowley. Um, I was listening to like an old clip of Boris and Bernstein on YouTube for some reason, uh-huh. and they were interviewing Joe Cowley, and he was talking about how people around the league assumed that Gar Foreman was going to be fired because they knew that he was going on scouting trips to avoid dealing with drama in the Bulls' front office. He was basically like getting out of town because nice. he knew that he was screwing up. It's like, how much more blatantly incompetent could somebody be and still have a job. I don't understand at all what they're doing. No, and I always thought that they're... Not that they didn't have anything redeeming at all, but...
But the one kind of like redeeming thing that they had was that they drafted Jimmy Butler um, well. I mean, I, I forget exactly where in the draft Jimmy Butler was, but he was like a low, high teens or early 20s or something. No, no, he was like, he was like 28th or 29th. Right, so great pick. Yeah. But you've now traded Jimmy Butler for not much. Somebody with a torn ACL who relies on his athleticism. So at that point, now that that experiment has failed, shouldn't they also be fired? Not only that, I agree with that. They're also on, I mean, how many coaches have they had? Oh, the fact that they got rid of Thibodeau for Hoiberg is absurd. Well, Thibodeau was in the in the facility too often, and he was creeping people out, so you have to get rid of him. <laughs> he wouldn't leave the Burto Center. Yeah. All right, what's your number four? The Lakers, new management, because they got that old, what's his name, Polinka, that he used to be an agent. Uh-huh. It's GM. And now they have Lonzo Ball. And I'm very interested in seeing, because... Part of this is because the Lakers are considered to be, like, on the rise. Even though, really, like, I think Julius Randle's interesting. And I think um, I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a really good player. He can't shoot at all. Like, right. he shoots from his, like, groin. It looks I don't even know. so broke. Yeah. It I don't looks even like, understand how he shoots like that. Yeah, it looks like anybody should be able to block that shot. But, I mean, he's so fast and good at, like, everything else that I feel like he's still going to be a really good player. Yeah, um, that actually and, goes into my number three. It's like, how will Lonzo Ball live up to the hype? So this oh, is working out perfect. It's almost like I planned it. Yeah. But I didn't. I really didn't. I have no idea what it's going to be as I go. I think um, you've, you've hacked my but, phone and are looking at my list. Yeah. No, but I think the interesting thing to me, too, is like they have some pieces. Um, I think that Kyle Kuzma guy that's a rookie, too, with Lonzo Ball's been been really playing well and he can shoot and he's like 6'9". So they've got some heard good things with him, yeah. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. So they've got like some interesting pieces. But there's this I feel like when Magic Johnson took over, there was this fe- feeling that like, oh yeah, of course Paul George is going to go there next year and they're just going to be right back in title contention and there's like this foregone conclusion kind of thing to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really see that I think it's interesting, but I think it's interesting in the same way the Kings are interesting. Like, they have a bunch of pieces, they have some interesting athletic young guys, and they have, that, I mean, they have a, a team that could, yeah, they could put it together this next season, maybe it'd be better than I think, but they can also take a few years to get there. So I, I just think it's interesting. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And for some reason, you know, maybe it is the hype, but I am kind of curious to see how good Lonzo Ball is going to be. And that is definitely going to be a story going on throughout the league. Like, you know there's going to be, like, Sports Center checking in on him just about every game. Yeah, even, like, multiple times in a game. Yeah. And his court vision is phenomenal. Yeah, it is. My number three is going to be the Thunder's big three. That is intriguing. Because we all know, I mean, Russell Westbrook is a volume player. Like, he is... He plays the most minutes, he puts up the most shots, he's not the most efficient, but he's just very good, and he's very athletic, mm-hmm. um, and he's a good, he's smart, smart player, but now you have Paul George along with him, who I think is an interesting mix, and then you add Carmelo to that, and it's like, yeah, Carmelo's past his prime, and like, he's still, he's still gonna be a good scorer, 
mm-hmm. just because like he's such a naturally gifted athlete offensively, um, and he's smart at the offensive end. But like, I don't know too much about how either of Paul George or Carmelo are going to fit into Billy Donovan's offense. I don't know, you know, like how that all is going to work together. I, and I know I just saw an interview with Russell Westbrook where he's like, "Hey guys, like chemistry takes time to develop. We're gonna get, we're gonna develop it." We're all pros. We all want to win. Like, and I agree with it. Like, it's going to happen. But how well will it work is what I'm saying. Like, what is their ceiling? I don't know. Like, I, I'm really intrigued by them because I just don't know. I could go. I, I could. Buy, I would buy it if you said that they just click and they're in the finals. I would buy it if you said that they don't make the playoffs. I just have no idea, like where they're going to finish or what they're going to do. Yeah, it's tough to say. I do feel like there's some kind of weird potential for the bottom to fall out. I, it's and mostly to do with Carmelo Anthony. Not I, I don't like Carmelo Anthony is still a really skilled player, and I think people are trying to. He's past his prime, but he's not like he's not done. No, he came into the league really young. Yeah, so he it'll be interesting to see how he and Paul George uh, work well together. I mean, if Carmelo is willing to be like the full time four, I mean, I think he would have to be, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I... Because well, they got rid of Enos Cantor, so they have Steven Adams, and then... Well, and that was good, too. They got rid of Enos Cantor's pretty big contract. Yeah, he, and he was he's just an offensive big man. Like, he has he's terrible on defense, he's and he doesn't really rebound. terrible on defense. So, really, I don't think having Carmelo Anthony on defense, despite him being a little bit smaller than Enos Cantor, is, like, even really losing anything. No. You're at least getting the scoring, like, more scoring than Cantor can provide, and more... And more versatility on offense like he can spot up he can make shots at the end of the game you can let him you know you can still let him iso and like create a little bit so i mean there's interesting there's some benefit there but i also don't know too much about their depth and i think billy donovan's a good coach but it's like the west just being in the west and like having those three guys Mm -hmm. where you know that at the very least if they stay healthy and play together they're going to be competitive and then it's like, well, how far can they go? Will this be a one-year thing? I just think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah, no, it definitely will be. My number two is with the new All-Star game, it has a new, um, basically a new format where they're captains and they pick their teams. My question is, and this is my number two storyline, will the new All-Star game format lead to player feuds? I feel like there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings. With the new All Star Game, am I wrong? Ooh, that's interesting. You mean like, like who will the captains pick? Yeah, like yeah, there's gonna, they're gonna be like, how did you not? It's gonna be like the playground or like at recess, right? And I feel like they're gonna have to vote against their own real teammates. Say, okay, yeah, say it's like LeBron James is one of the captains, and Kevin Love is having a pretty good year, maybe an All Star year, maybe not. He doesn't get picked for the team. How does he go back to the Cavs? And what is that relationship like then? I didn't even think about that. That is going to be interesting. No, that's what I'm saying. Could be. Uh, I hope there is a lot of drama with that because I like just drama in sports. Yeah, NBA drama is good. There's a lot of it. Yep. What's your number two? My number two is the aforementioned Rockets. Ooh, yeah. They're looking good so far. Yeah. I guess only preseason, but they look good. CP3 is there now. Who else did they... I know they had... Didn't they add some other people? Who would they have? They still have Clint Capella. 
Yeah. Who's a good, I feel like, alley-oop slash pick-and-roll partner with Chris Paul. Yeah, he's like the new, uh, uh, what's his name, DeAndre Jordan. Yes. Uh, who else do they have? I don't really know, actually. They don't have Matthew Yudas anymore, right? No. Which is too, I mean, I like the Lithuanian guy, but he, I think his back problems have kind of done him in. Oh, they still have Ryan Anderson. Ooh. Trevor Ariza. Okay. Um, Eric Gordon. Okay. I mean, that's a good sixth man, I think. Uh, ooh, Luke Mbamute. All right. You know, I mean, with the way that I think having those essentially two point guards plus Eric Gordon coming off the bench in a D'Antoni system, I think they'll be good. And they have Nene, and they have um, P.J. Tucker. Okay. He's a good wing defender. Nene is always pretty good if he wants to be. Yeah. I rem- I still remember the last, it might be the last Bulls game I went to, they played the Wizards when they had, I mean, they still have Mercing Gratat, but they had Nene and Mercing Gratat at the time. And those two just dominated that game. And I was so mad because I was like, this was like maybe two or three years ago. Oh, yeah. And, I remember that series. Yeah. And I was like, I, I was just so depressed by how they just dismantled the Bulls. And I was like, it's Nene and Marcin Gortat. Really? Like, you, that's who's beating you? They were like, bullying them. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say the Warriors are the number one seed. Would you say the Rockets would be the two, the three, or the four seed? They're gonna be the one. They're gonna be the one seed. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. But speaking of my number one, uh, that kind of goes to that a little bit. And it's basically: is anybody gonna take down the Warriors? You've got the Cavs. You've got the Celtics, maybe in the East. And then in the West, of course, there's Houston, Oklahoma City, and there's always the Spurs that, when healthy, have given the Warriors trouble. But. The real question of the NBA season, I think, is can anybody take them down? And my thought is probably not. I think there's like five teams that will take them down. All right, so are you counting on everybody on the Warriors spraining their ankle? <laughs> no. I'm just... I, I know how good they are, and I like them. I don't even dislike them. I just mm-hmm. want something different so badly that I'm just... You're willing it into existence? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking speaking it into existence, I guess. Uh, okay. Well, I'm trying to. I mean, yeah, here's hoping. What's your number one? My number one is the Celtics. And what happened with Isaiah Thomas, what, you know, with them acquiring Kyrie Irving, with them getting Jason Tatum to add to the mix, and, like, just what they've done to their roster. Gordon Hayward, too. Gordon Hayward. Like, they've added some interesting pieces. They still have some draft assets. Like, they just... They finally cashed in and said, we're going to make an acquisition. They finally, I mean, I don't think that they would have anticipated Kyrie Irving. I don't know if anybody would have anticipated Kyrie Irving wanting out of Cleveland. So it was just like one of those things where he probably thought there's not going to be another opportunity like this. And Isaiah Thomas has the hip problem that could be an issue. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting to me, like with him leaving the way he did and him saying recently that he would never talk to Danny Age again because of all he gave the Celtics and, like, just being traded afterwards. And, like, I see it from both sides because I understand from his perspective, he probably thought he fits in there, the fans love him, he's going to be a long-term player, and he his sister passed away in the playoffs and he fought through this hip injury and, and 
just played like insane. But then at the other side of that, what Danny Ainge's job is to make the Boston Celtics as good of a team as he possibly can. So he can't let that emotional side override if he thinks it's a good basketball decision, like doing that. So I just find it very interesting because I don't think from what I've seen from what Danny Ainge is saying, I don't dislike him, his, his side of it. He's just saying, I loved him as a player. He's a great guy. I hope we can bend the fence one day, but I just, it's a basketball decision. I had to do it. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that I find interesting is like, will that work out? Will he, yeah, I don't think there's any question that Danny Ainge is a very good GM, yeah. but will this tar his legacy if it doesn't work out? Will people think poorly of him if like they flame out, they go, why did you trade him? You know, it's just interesting to me. No, it really is. And I think this is the kind of the first time really that in the last four years, like Boston is pretty much cashed in, right? So, I mean, they still have some assets, but really like you're starting to get a sense of this is the team that they're rolling with. So it's, it'll be interesting to see like how good they actually are with this team, because I think they're essentially at this point committed to trying to be the best team in the East at least. And I, I personally just just thinking about it from what I know about the players that they now feature. I mean, if you look at it from top to bottom in the starting lineup, Al Horford is a flawed player, but his skills mesh well with. I mean, Kyrie Irving's an assassin from deep, and now if you have him and you've got Gordon Hayward, who's a good all around player, mm-hmm. you've got. Um, like, just there's a lot of talent on that team. Jason Tatum, you don't know how he'll be right off the bat, but everything I've heard about him is that he's just like a he's just like a pro. Like, he already seems like a pro. Like, he just has those skills, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of talent. If, it, if they get the higher percentile outcomes from everybody at the same time, there's no reason to think that they can't compete with anybody. So. We will see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to go through? I do have a few, yes. Um, I also consider Joel Embiid. Um, I found that interesting. I, I, mm-hmm. I just love him as a player. And yeah, he's great. He's he's so much fun to watch. Like I've never seen somebody that big just like cross over like a small forward and embarrass them. Um, Dwayne Wade going to the Cavs intrigues me because see what he has left. Yeah, see what he has left. I mean. Basically, the Cavaliers in general intrigue me because, like, they're put in a position now. They almost feel like not a second banana, but like they've just fallen down the 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 ladder of it used to be like oh, I just want to play with LeBron, and yeah, Dwayne went back there to play with him, but people Kyrie wanted to leave, and you know there was the whole thing with how they handled like firing David Blatt and taking Tyron Lue. As the head coach, which, yeah, I mean, they won the title, but that was weird to me because, like, it's not like David Blatt wasn't successful. There's just been things, like, their owner's kind of strange. I don't know. The Cavs always... Yeah, I mean, their owner owns Quicken Loans, which is, like, just, like, a predatory company. Yeah. And, but, yeah, I get what you're saying about, especially, like, Kyrie, it's, it's weird. I mean, he's the first guy that's really saying, I do not want to play with LeBron. Right. Which is, a, I mean, I, I don't know if it qualifies as like a blemish against LeBron's legacy because we at least have to see how that turns out this season, but uh, it's different, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I give him credit in the sense that if he feels that he can be good enough on his own to not just be in LeBron shadow, yeah, while you're in your prime, go do it. Go try to be the guy. And, like, you can't really downplay that. But it's also interesting because a lot of people won't take that leap. You know, they, they just right. know playing with LeBron, it's easier to play with LeBron. He, he's, he just makes things easier for everybody because he gets so much attention and he's such a smart player and he sets people up. And it's like he wants to go out on his own and either, you know, sink or swim. No, exactly. I kind of had that as one of my honorable mentions as well. Just basically, is Kyrie good enough to lead a team? We haven't yeah. seen it yet, right? I mean, he his first, what, three years in the league without LeBron, the Cavs were bad. But, I mean, it's a, his first three years in the NBA. So I think this is his real chance. Because if Celtics don't do well, especially with their other acquisitions... That does not reflect well on Kyrie, right? But I, and, and I honestly, my my opinion, without having, I mean, I haven't watched an insane amount of Kyrie Irving playing basketball. I'm not saying like I have the answer about him, but my my sense of him is that he's an ex, he's an excellent player, especially like he'll have games where he just can't miss. Like he'll get so hot and he can just take over a game. And he's always going to be a good complimentary shooter yeah. and, and somebody that can handle the ball and play some defense. And, and he's a really good – I don't know if he's, like, the elite number one guy, but I think he might be, like, one of the best second guys. You know what I mean? Yes. And that, that's what I – that's kind of the vibe I get from him. Yeah. I also had the Wizards made headlines because they re-signed Otto Porter and Bradley Beal and John Wall – all to max deals. So now they have said these three players that we drafted and developed are going to be our core and we're going to, we're willing to pay the tax. We're willing to do whatever. They're just basically riding with them. And it's an interesting strategy instead of like bringing in one big free agent or something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like as a one, two and three, they're, if not the best, then close to the best in the league. I guess they're not, you know, compared to the Warriors, maybe not. But, um, I mean, those are a great three to have. I think you can definitely win with those three. They just, I don't know who they have at, you know, the four and the five. Marcin Gortat, baby. Yeah, they've been rolling with that for a little too long, I think. And Kelly Oubre. Yeah, so we'll see. But, but I do like the Wizards. I definitely like them as the third best team in the East and could be a serious threat to, I think, both Boston and Cleveland. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to some like John Wall. I don't know why it makes it more intriguing to me that John Wall or Kyrie went to Boston, but I feel like that could be a, a little bit of a feud with that with Kyrie Irving and John Wall. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, another I have two more. I had a lot. Um, the Clippers are now Blake Griffin's team, so I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to be at all. I can't even guess. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting without. Chris Paul being there because he's been there forever. Mm-hmm. And then the Pelicans with a full season, well, uh, starting the season with DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis together. Yeah, I'm um, curious to see that too. And with Rondo. Yes. And well, Rondo's going to be out for a while because he had a sports surgery. Uh, oh, surgery. Okay. This week, I think that just happened. So he, he'll be out for like, I don't remember how long he's going to miss how much of the regular season he's going to miss, but it's at least like a month or something like that. Oh. It's not like, it's not terrible, but it's, you know. You just, but they got Drew, Drew yeah. Holiday, too. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see how that works too. I, I feel like it won't work. So I don't know. But I want I want New Orleans to be good. And I like Anthony yeah. Davis a lot. I do too, and I want it to work because I, I I don't know can you think of another instance of a team with two big guys like that that are so athletic they can both shoot they can both do a lot of things like what does another pair come to mind no not since really like the spurs were rolling with david robinson and tim duncan yeah and even then like david robinson was always more of a defensive elite defensive player who was also good at offense yeah not, like both cousins and davis who are just like freaks on offense you know what i mean oh no wait what about um, Eddie Curry and Jerome James on the Knicks? Oh, yeah. Or Curry and Chandler. <laughs> yeah. The Baby Bulls. Oh, they're t- any combination with Eddie Curry, basically. Yeah, or when Chris Dudley and uh, <laughs> uh, Anthony Bonner were starting for the Knicks. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's a deep cut. I'm proud of that. Yeah. Uh, I also am kind of curious to see how the Wolves do. Like, yeah, I didn't even list that, and I am too, because I like Thibodeau, I like Jimmy Butler. Um, they got Taj. To, yeah, they got Taj. They have, um, who did they replace Ricky Rubio with? Uh, Jeff Teague? Yeah. So they have some, they got some talent, and I still think, I like Jimmy Butler more now, after hearing some of the stuff that was going on, where him and Wade were basically, like, hated on the Bulls because they were perfectionists who wanted to like practice more and get better. And all the other like yahoos on the Bulls, like the young players were just like, get in stop it. Old man. Like, why are you trying to make me practice more? I was like, what kind of team is this? Like, they're angry at the best players for trying to be better. I know. And and I remember from the outset, like Jimmy Butler was kind of angry at Fred Hoiberg for not pushing the team hard enough. So it's hard to like fault Jimmy Butler for that. I've always found his whole story is interesting. Like I want him to do so well, and I don't. I don't even care that. Like, yeah, I, w- I would have loved it if the Bulls could have pulled their head out of their asses and like put enough talent around him to make him good here. Yeah. But if he goes to Minnesota, they're yeah, they do great. Like Carl Anthony Towns is insane. Um, that team is going to be interesting. Like, I would be totally fine with it happening for them there. Like, I would root for them for sure. Uh, hopefully they do well. I, I thought they were going to be a little better last year, but they weren't quite there yet. But I think this year they're certainly a playoff team. Oh, yeah. All right, so if you have some top five NBA stories that you're interested in that we missed, go ahead and email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at, at whiskey sessions. And, yeah, we'll get to those. But uh, now we need to get to your emails, so let's get into it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. Alright, the first email we have. Look, some whiskeys just need to get the boot. And if you don't have the nerve to give whiskeys the boot, you need to add a third category. It should be, this whiskey's smooth... It gets the boot, or our opinions moot, because we're not experts. And that's signed, Some Jerk, in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, it's Bill Self. Yeah. Well, first of all, that means that this person 
has not listened to this episode because we did give a whiskey the boot. So we yeah, don't. What are you doing? Yeah. You didn't listen in the future. No, I know. Idiot. Maybe we need to start doing these live. I think so. We need to have Bill Self in studio. Yeah, we'll we'll sign up to MySpace Live. Do you think that exists? Does, I'm pretty sure it does. Does MySpace exist at all? I'm sure it's still there. Okay, I'm gonna sign AOL, up for that. AOL Instant Messenger just shut down this week. I know. Ugh. I mean, I didn't know it was still going, but it's still sad. Yeah, I my buddy list. I went on it like two or three years ago to see if it was still there. Like I I downloaded it and like loaded it up uh-huh. and it's still it was just frozen in time like i had my buddy list i had my away message like everything oh my was there. god that's i was like awesome. this is insane yeah uh do you have an email from the old inbox i do it starts out shout out to sweden love it yeah um where's the love for the female vocalist slash diva slash chantuses so she's got some spine tinglers which one of them is Fleetwood Mac's Landslide. Uh, oh, that's a good one. A... Well, I would say Fleetwood Mac's Landslide too, but it's isn't it better when it's sung by a man? Billy Corgan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, never mind. Don't write, don't write in. <laughs> <laughs> she also she included, uh, well, I've been afraid of changing because I've built my life around you, that line from the song. Mm-hmm. And it's... This song triggers my nostalgia tingles in the best way. I agree. I like that song. See yeah, that's a great song. Um, Sarah Bareilles, Gravity. The high note she hits toward the end of the song is so satisfying, akin to flipping back to a show you were watching just as the last commercial ends, which is an almost obsolete concept at this point, but you get it. Huh. I don't think I know that song, but I do like Sarah Bareilles. Yeah, I, I think I can hear the chorus in my head, but I don't know the high note. I might have to look, check that one out. All right. Then we've got Mariah Carey, Emotion. As much as she's a dumpster fire of a person, that whistle tone is something else. <laughs> it is. is. it tingly, or is it just bewildering? Yeah. Uh, that is, is it... tough to say. But you know what? Uh, the writer does bring in a good point, that we were, we did not maybe have any female vocalists on our list. I had uh, Florence and Machine at least as an honorable mention. Okay, that's something. And she, she closed it out. Is it both? Is it tingly or is it just bewildering? Is it both? Is anyone even listening to me? Papa Bless. Papa Bless? Yeah, that's a sign-off. Do you know, um, have you ever heard H3 Productions? No. The podcast? This is dude Ethan Klein from New York who's like a YouTube guy. And he has a podcast and they he loves uh, Papa John's. So he... Well, I <laughs> so, don't think I would like this at all. <laughs> so he has... I don't think... he It has nothing to do with politics. I think he just likes the food. But, uh, he, so he has... That's like worse than the politics of it. Well, they, I will say, since I've given up the, the animal products, they have uh-huh. a very good, if you get a pizza from there with no cheese, it's the best because their crust has no butter, and if you just get veggies on it, it's good. But I will okay. say, if you're eating cheese, it would be very low on the list of pizza options. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not a big Papa John's fan myself. No, I don't like the guy. The guy's an idiot, and... And I agree with you. If, if you're eating, uh, if you're looking for like a good actual pizza, it would not be near the top. But yeah, he has this thing where he like, you know, he does like a Papa. He did like a rip off Papa John's slogan that says "Papa Bless." And that's his like slogan. I think it's a reference to that. Uh, okay. 
Well, if you have an email that you would like to write into us, just email it to whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. And I think that about does it for our NBA episode. B Pimp, do you have anything else to add? I'm rooting for you, Paul Zipser. So am I, Paul Zipser. So am I. He's going to start. He's going to be the starting small forward for the Chicago Bulls. Oh my God. They're going to be demoted to a D League team. <laughs> what is it called? Uh... Well, it's got a new name, right? The League? Yeah, the, G- the G League. G League. Okay. I don't know why they would. What the difference it's is. Ga- it's Gatorade now, I think. <laughs> the Gatorade Sponsor- NBA. I'm serious. <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure Gatorade sponsored it, so it's called the G League. Holy shit. Okay, well, that's cool. Good luck, Paul <laughs> Zipser and the Bulls. What is it called, though, when, in soccer when they uh, demote a team? They have a term for it. Uh, relegation, right? Yeah, relegation. That's what we need. Yeah. they. Oh, the NBA would be great if it had some relegation for, like, the two teams. And you could get, like, the Iowa Energy from the G League up. That would be amazing. That's That should be the story we talk about next year. Next year's number one storyline. Yes. Relegation in the G League. Yes, for sure. All right. This is A-Mets signing off. Beep him. See you later. See you later. Enjoy your whiskey. Peace out. Peace out.